Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's a victory Monday here on the Believe in Steelers podcast. I'm Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two time Super Bowl champion in Pittsburgh Steelers scout. Number 24, Ike Taylor swagging you. Victory Monday. I'm feeling good. Steelers winning against the Rams coming off the bye week. Wasn't pretty, but Ike, I will take this win in on to Jacksonville. Don't nobody care what that girl looked like. If, if you feel like <laughs> don't nobody care what that girl looked like, man. If you feel like she bringing some kind of value to the table, to, to your house. And we just look, we just worry about the left-hand column. We ain't worrying about how good that girl look on the right hand column? Cause you ain't doing number taking L's. As long as she, as long as we on the left hand column and we catching these W's, we don't care what she look like. I Steelers victorious, twenty four to seventeen. Let's just start right out with the Kenny Pickett sneak. The cynic in me and Petty Mark's gonna come out on the podcast. Thank heavens the Steelers didn't line up in a shotgun formation, and they try to sneak it with Kenny Pickett and. The Rams are out of timeout, so they can't challenge it. I thought it was a very favorable spot. The one thing I want to point out to people watching on television is this, though, Ike. That yellow line that you see on your TV screen is the unofficial line. The chains are the official spot. I did think Pickett got a very favorable spot. I don't think he got the first down. But the yellow line that you see on your TV screen is an unofficial line. The chains are what is most important. I still can't believe, even on this Monday, though, that the ref said that the Steelers got the first down on that play. Man, if the ref said the Steelers got the first down, the Steelers got the first down. <laughs> so, ain't, ain't even tripping on that, like you say, unofficial <laughs> yellow line. I ain't even worrying about that line. Let's see what the chain's talking about, you know? So, I look at it I look at it like this, bro. I look at the unofficial line as being Instagram. It's, it's, it's a fantasy. It's not reality. It's not nothing. I look at that chain. I look at them chains, them 10-yard chains. It's real life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot going on. So the referees, I don't know if they uh, gave us a favorable spot, but I take it. Yeah, and there were several replays too. It's hard to tell sometimes when you're in a scrum of what exactly is going on. But McVeigh's facial expression, like you always tell me, the sideline tells the story. Told me everything I needed to know about that play. But hey, save yourself a timeout for that scenario. And from a coaching standpoint, that's why clock management is very, very important because outside of the two-minute warning, by rule, the referees couldn't review that play. Yeah, we take it. I ain't, I, <laughs> listen, <laughs> just going over to that West Coast is kind of hard anyway with the time zone change, especially if you're not going a couple of days earlier. So that's already uh, tough on the mentals and the body, let alone L.A., you know, just a good dinner out in L.A. before the game is everything you need. You don't even need to go out. Just a hell of a dinner. It's cool. Um, I'll probably wind up going a nice guy or something like that. But just to come out that kind of environment, and, you know, for the for the most part, the L.A. Rams had the momentum throughout the whole game. And it's just like towards the end of the second, I mean, uh, the third quarter, Pittsburgh just, like, tightened up because it was going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Both defenses played well. Mm-hmm. And if you want to talk about an early surge between uh, Puka and Cooper and Cooper Cup, them boys on a roll that first half. You really, if you if you just watch the first half, you looking at it like, oh boy, it's about to be a long day for Pittsburgh. We don't know how they're gonna come back. But for some reason, man, they just kept everything 
in close range. And what I mean by close range is like one score range. And once mm -hmm. they got into that one score range, you saw the momentum in the second half mark starting to change. So then you see, then you see uh, Jalen Warren, he came in with a spark. Then you see Najee, Najee sticking his foot in the ground and he just getting north and south and he's running with an attitude and a purpose. Then you see Deontay Johnson come up big on a third down and he go for a scamper. Then you just see the alien Kenny, uh, uh, George Pickens just doing what George Pickens do. I don't need a lot. Of, I do not need a lot of targets. I don't need a lot of catches. Every time y'all throw it to me five or six times a game, I wind up getting over 100. That's, that's, just, that's just what he does. So, man, they had a good mix of everything. And Kenny Pickett was starting to look like the Kenny Pickett mark that we saw last last year towards the end of the season. Like, on the, when it comes down to the Pittsburgh Steelers needing plays and, and just closing out games or needing a play, he's just starting to show up. So you can start calling him, like, Clutch Kenny. And you can just see yesterday. Yes. Yesterday, yes, I Between it, like, yesterday, late in the game, he just like turned into a totally different person, Mark. But I really do believe the running, the running, the running schemes between you know Najee and Jalen. You know he they kept it second and short, uh, third and short. It was more manageable than a few times in other games. Well, it was like third and twelve, third and fifteen. Nah, it's hard. But getting Deontay Johnson too back is always a good thing. But I did see them use AR Allen Robinson, AR a lot especially coming in motion, you get a big receiver, a better receiver. He's playing against his former team. So you always, you know, he's going to be amped up a little bit more when it came down to that. But um, just overall, Kenny Pickett in the running game, in the running game. I know what Deontay can do. I know what George Pickens can do. Um, and Kenny showed me in clutch moments that he can be clutch. But for me, it was that running game, kept it, kept in the second and third down to shorten, shorten shorts or shorten mediums. Ike, we're going to take a quick break to tell our listeners and viewers about betonline.ag. The NFL season is rolling, and if you have any bets you want to place on any of the action, player props, spreads, over-unders, betonline.ag is the place to do it. Yeah, 365, 24-7, regardless on what sport it is, make sure y'all lock in to betonline.ag. Yes, and you can see the promo code on your screen right now. That's B-L-E-A-V and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Ike, I want to continue this conversation uh -huh. about Kenny Pickett. And I think I heard this on another podcast, but this comparison makes a lot of sense. I'm not the biggest into player comparisons, but how Kenny Pickett plays late in games reminds me of Eli Manning. And the reason I say this is we're 18 starts in now. He has six game-winning drives in five fourth-quarter comebacks. You call them Clutch Kenny. I, I think that's a very apt nickname because it doesn't always look pretty in the first three quarters. But when the game's on the line, he's demonstrated the ability to deliver time and time and time again. No, that's exactly what he did. Uh, stood in the pocket. You no, know, he was about to get hit, look, uh, gun down the barrel, and deliver one up the same to, to George Pickens and, and another one uh on the, on the side to Deontay on that third down. So that's exactly what, you, what you're looking for in the quarterback. Um, you don't want your quarterback taking them hits. Um, Jalen Warren and Najee did, they did a very good job of stepping up and picking up the blitzes. But it was a few times that Kenny knew he was about to get hit, but Kenny also knew like, I gotta deliver this mail. So <laughs> he wound up delivering the mail too as well. And as a defensive player, when you see the quarterback taking them kind of shots, and taking them kind of hits and standing up in the pocket, 
you don't want to do nothing but go back out on the field and give the man another opportunity because you know he understands the value of each and every game, and that's what Kenny Pickett did. But um, Kenny was on point late, and I'd rather my quarterback start off uh, get hot late and get hot early and kind of flame down, and that's exactly what happened in that game. Uh, Matthew Stafford got hot early, early. It didn't look good for Pittsburgh, but he kind of flamed out a little bit. Kenny didn't look too good in that first half, but starting that second half, you know, he caught fire. So if you're going to give me two tails of a quarterback, just give me with Kenny. That's exactly what Kenny, throughout the last six, seven games last year, Mark, that's exactly what he did. He just started. When Pittsburgh needed a play, he just became Mr. Clutch. Yeah, and I, I look at yesterday's game. The second half, I thought, was his best half of football in a Steelers uniform. Only one incompletion. He's 11 of 12 passing, 152 yards. And so the Steelers really struggled in the first half. And I, I we could record this episode right. and honestly change the team names around. And it was like kind of what the narrative has been with right. the Steelers this year of hanging around, hanging around, hanging around, not looking pretty through three quarters. And then when the fourth quarter comes, this team delivers 28 points in the last two games in fourth quarters. And in the first three of the last two games, that the Steelers have played only 13 points. But I look at it yesterday where it's like three points in the first half. And then you enter the fourth quarter with just 110 total yards of offense. The Steelers roll up 190 yards on 23 plays, two touchdowns. Remember, three of those plays are kneel downs as well. 191 yards in the fourth quarter. So something clicked in the fourth quarter for this offense, Ike. And if if they can just put that together for a full game now, I was really encouraged with what I saw in the fourth quarter with this team. And I, you mentioned Jalen Warren and Najee Harris too. How about playing both of those guys on the field at the same time? I've seen some packages where the Steelers have done that offensively. I think it creates confusion by the opposing defense because you don't know where it's going to go with both of those players on the field. Or you just could be having both of them to pick up a, pick up a blitz. Or not a, a bad problem to have either, Ike. Yes, it's, it's not a bad problem. But getting back to your, um, which I didn't answer the first time, but getting mm-hmm. back to your uh, uh, Kenny Pickett reminding you of Eli Manning, one thing we always said about Eli was he was always just like, okay, during the regular season. But during the postseason, nobody wanted to see Eli. Uh, Eli turned into a totally different quarterback. You 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 wanted to dead Eli to make sure he didn't get to the postseason. Because once he got to the postseason, you can just go out and give him their ring. Just ask Tom and company. The yeah. two the two L's Tom and them took was against Eli, and Eli woke up. Eli wakes up in that postseason. Um, the comparison, I can see what you mean by that as far as like coming back, Clutch Kenny, as far as like coming back and making a, getting a drive or two or getting a play or two for the team to come back and win or put his team in position to win. Um, you just saw a different kind of body language yesterday. Um, you saw a different team on offense yesterday. Um, you saw a different style when it comes down to running. When I saw Najee, Najee usually don't talk smack, but then I had to think about it again. Najee is from the California area. So I'm sure he had a ton of family members and friends there. So Najee ran with a lot of authority. You know, Najee is 6'3", and some change, 242. Um, but Jalen came off the bench, and he just, you know, that spark, which he always been throughout the course of the year. But you get them two going, um, it's going to be tough to stop Pittsburgh. We already know on the perimeters 
what you got. You got Deontay, he came back, he looked good. And you got George, you know, he all the way different. But you get them two running with the, the way they ran. If, if Najee and Jalen run the way they ran yesterday, it's 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 gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard. Um now just Coach Matt Canada just gotta get more creative on his personnel and what's and what down the distance on who he wants on the field, I would say, and which in which matchups he like based on his personnel going against the opposing team defense. But other than that, Mark, Pittsburgh just had an attitude. We ain't even gonna talk about a defense of TJ White, which we are later on. We will, show. we will. <laughs> but Pittsburgh on the offensive side, you can just tell they just had a different kind of attitude. It was a more aggressive, it was more, it was more what I'm used to seeing when it came down to when you said the Pittsburgh still a running game and play action pass and getting the ball in your playmaker's hands. And we finally have a rushing touchdown, Ike, after <laughs> six games now. And I thought the key as well was the red zone execution going three for three as well and punching it in when you get those opportunities, Ike. So I thought that was huge on Sunday and the win against the Rams. And like I said, let me reiterate this point. I am a fan of plays where both Jalen Warren and Najee Harris are on the field at the same time. Now, we got to talk a little bit about the receivers too, Ike. Uh, Deontay Johnson's presence definitely makes things easier for George Pickens. Mike Tomlin even said that much after the game. Pickens, with back-to-back 100-yard games for the first time in his career, I think he's emerging into a number one receiver. He needs to channel his emotions in the right way, though. And what I mean by that is this. The only person who's going to stop George Pickens is George Pickens himself. That's just the honest truth. And I'll say this too, Ike. I'd love to get your perspective here on the crackback block penalty that he had. He also had a taunting penalty. But the crackback block penalty specifically, you almost have to be laughing, Ike, as a former player because I think of the great Heinz Ward on a play like that where the opposing defender wouldn't just be carted off for concussion protocol. That opposing defender's back in the day with what the old rules used to be, would be in the hospital. And honestly, Ike, I, say what you want here, but that's just my opinion, and I believe that that's the truth. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tone down uh, George on his crack blocking at all. Um, I take his fine or two. I'll pay his fine or two. Um, I'm not going to take that away from George because that is needed. That's his personality. Um, he loves doing it and use the receivers. They don't like no part of blocking so i wouldn't tone that down a tad i just tell them to be smart about it but the toning the toning the toning um penalties depending on what game it is that can definitely hurt you um i think you know it's selfish and if i'm talking to george uh, not only as a coach but as a teammate i just tell the man just talk to yourself you know nobody ain't messing with you the only like you say mark the only person that's stopping george is george so everything you're doing on the field, we expect you to do it. And the reason why somebody trying to talk back to you is because they scared, they are nervous because they know they can't stop you. So go on, do what you need to do. Ain't no need. They, they didn't see too much tape of you winning one-on-ones, too many spectacular catches. And sometimes when you get the ball at the right time, you'll just take it to the crib. So don't even trip on what somebody's saying to you. Just do what you did yesterday. You was doing like, Man, I don't even know how to. I don't even know how they're gonna stop me. That's that's the, when you when you when you when you display that in my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, he talking to himself. Ain't nothing wrong with that. So going on and let if I'm talking to GP, like GP man, going on let them dudes talk, man. 
they already know they can't stop you. They 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 coming into the game like they're gonna need some kind of help to stop you. So you ain't no need to talk all your all your plays do your talking for you. Yeah, and Ike yesterday I thought the penalty on Deontay Johnson after what was a questionable pass interference against Akello Witherspoon, like just watching this game on TV, I don't know if the referees are aware that like all these players were teammates last year. I mean, even Tomlin was right there too. And so if that's taken out of context, like I don't know exactly what they're saying, but I can imagine. And it's like, you know, it's different when you talk with someone that you know and you have a relationship with. And honestly, I don't know what Deontay said when he when he shushed uh, Akella Witherspoon when they threw a penalty for pass interference. Now, he was face guarding. I don't think he made a player broke on the ball, which is why I thought the call was called. I don't think it was a great call. But I'll say this, too. I thought with Deontay's penalty, that could have been more so a makeup call of, hey, we can't just pick up the flag for pass interference. It was a questionable call. Let's just give this play a replay. Let's just give this down a replay because uh, you look at the replay and he maybe a little bit of contact with Deontay Johnson, but I'll be honest with you. I didn't really see pass interference. Man, whatever the, whatever the referee's calling to help us, man, I appreciate it. If he called, <laughs> if he called pass interference, it was definitely pass interference. If he called face guarding, it was definitely face guarding. The refs ain't wrong on them. Yeah, I think that's the reason why they call that, Ike, is I my understanding of the rule is that you have to make a break on the ball and – he didn't seem to do that. The contact with Deontay, though, it's like, eh, we'll see. Ike, this is the portion of the program where it's now a TJ Watt fan show. And I, you said this a few weeks back here on this show. Other than Fred Warner with uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Right. And look, I know Miles Garrett had a great week. But sustained right, right. excellence week after week after week after week after week. What T.J. Watt's doing is special. The interception to start the second half, I think, completely changed the momentum of the game. What he's doing, not just as a pass rusher, but as an outside linebacker too, Ike, is special. And it's time where it's like, other than Warner for the 49ers, I don't even know what the other argument would be to fill out the bracket right now for Defensive Player of the Year. And if he keeps this rolling, like, Ike, here's how I look at this. If T.J. Watt, breaks his own single season sack record and we don't give him defensive player of the year, what are we doing? Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at his stats right now since 2017, right? Defensive player of the year in 2021. Correct. Three uh, first team all pros from tw 2019 to 2021. Right. Second team all pro 2019, a uh, five time pro bowler between 2018 to 2022. Right. NFL force uh, former co-leader since 2019, right? Uh, and that's just – and we, we, he missed a ton of games. So out of the ton of games, he's the a, he's a fastest to get the 85.5 sacks in the NFL. 25 forced fumbles, 41 pass deflections. He plays outside linebacker. He has 41 pass deflections. Let me – this is the part people don't understand. Cornerbacks – have pass deflections, <laughs> not outside linebackers, <laughs> right? 41 pass deflections. Uh, fumbles recovered, 10. 10 fumbles recovered. Interceptions, seven. He don't play corner, he don't play safety. He plays outside linebacker. 
So when I say TJ Watt um, is always stating his, stating his case for being the defensive player of the year because it's hard. These stats I'm talking about, when you look at sacks, yeah, we already know outside linebackers are edge rushers. They get sacks all day. But as an edge rusher, you don't talk about 41 pass deflections. You don't talk about uh, 10 fumble recoveries. And you don't talk about seven interceptions as an edge rusher or outside linebacker in a 3-4 defense. You don't talk about that. By the way, he got a tutty, too. He showed that due to uh, prime as as he did when he when he scored. But what T.J. White is doing in less games, it's crazy. It's crazy. So when you want to talk about a guy who can take over a game, if you need a sack, if you need a forced fumble, if you need a pick, if you need a touchdown, call <laughs> T.J. White and he going to answer for you. It's every year, year after year after year. But this just meant since he stepped in the league, Mark. So that's why I look at him different. It's hard to find a guy who can play outside linebacker, can cover like a – not can cover, can hit like a linebacker, but have the instincts like like a safety and can catch picks like a corner. And he plays on the front line. You 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 don't you don't find them guys them guys that the Nick Bosa's, the Michael Parsons, uh them 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 Garrett's them them guys we like, their guys once they're on the line of scrimmage scrimmage, you know them guys gonna get to the quarterback. But we're not saying uh Micah, seven interceptions. We're not saying Miles, seven interceptions. We're not saying 41 pass deflections. We're not saying 10 fumble recoveries. And we ain't even talking about the fourth fumbles that he, that he have. So for me, TJ, man, he just, he's Troy, he's Troy Palomalu, but on the line of scrimmage. You, you don't, you just don't, you don't find them. You, you don't find them kind of people that instinctive, that close to the line of scrimmage around a quarterback. You just don't, but, you know, lucky for Pittsburgh, we got him. Ike, that is very high praise. Um, the way I look at it is this, too. I understand he would need more years of sustained excellence, but because his ability with turnover creation and in coverage and in pass deflections and with interceptions, really the turnover creation, if he continues this pace, it's not only just, hey, headed for Canton in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He needs more years of doing this. But I honestly believe that he could pass his brother, J.J. Watt, who is a three-time defensive player of the year, if he keeps up at this rate that he is right now. That's the level of play that I've seen from T.J. Watt. And yet again, we saw it where it was just like, the guy's just a magnet to the football. And I can't even imagine what it's like because... I know opposing coordinators are game planning for him. You see how opposing teams block him and he still consistently finds a way to make plays week after week. You got to give a big, you got to give a huge shout out. Uh, not only to TJ and that swag sauce that he's leaving in that outside linebacker position. When you see Alex Highsmith come around the corner, now you got a rookie who went to Wisconsin as well, and, and and Herbert got his first sack, NFL regular season sack yesterday. So when you have a guy uh, who's that special, and we're talking about T.J. White, but his work ethic is even better, it's contagious. <laughs> and you just and you just 
you just know, like how we know George Pickens, if you get a ball to George Pickens, he'll wind up making a play for you. You know, as long as you see 90 on the field, he's going to wind up making a play for you. That's just that's just what it is, man. Like, TJ, to have all them, all them instincts wrapped in one body, it's hard. That's what that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm not trying to compare him to TP, but I'm just saying instinctively, we don't talk about edge rushers having pass deflections, interceptions, forced fumbles, fumble recoveries, and touchdowns. We just we always talk about it, sacks, quarterback pressures. That's what we talk about when we talk about edge rushers. Mm-hmm. So to get outside the box. And when you talk about a TJ Watt, and the more you look at his resume, everything is saying cornerback safety resume. And what I mean by that, pass deflections, interceptions, forced fumbles. Well, shoot, what position he played? Right or left side of that secondary? Nah, this joker played. <laughs> Edge rushing. <laughs> well, God damn. <laughs> you feel me? That's, that's what makes him so special, Mark. Hey, go back and watch that interception too. I think it was Joey Porter Jr. that was behind him in coverage. Like the sheer jubilance and delight of the interception was just—it was awesome to see. And it just—I really think it rallied the team and changed the momentum of the game. Yeah, TJ, everything he—you know—he—he just—he just can contain. He just a contagious person to be around. Cause you know if you just be around them, some of the, you just wait, you just waiting for that little drip of swagoo to fall off of them, so you can get it too, so it can go into your pores. Cause you know sooner or later you can be winding up making plays just like him because you hang around him too much. Like I said, this is now a TJ Watt fan show. I, a few other ob- observations from the game: Mike Tomlin teams now thirteen and four after the bye week, so the additional time to prepare. I think was important yesterday. They had a great home field advantage at SoFi Stadium. I saw a lot of terrible towels, a lot of uh, loud, loud. Like I thought they were cheering in favor of the Steelers during the broadcast. I can't imagine what it was like being there. A lot of Steelers alum like Troy Polamalu was there. I saw Joe Hayden, uh, James Ferrier, who we've had on the show. Uh, Ike, I'll say this too. Um, This to me too, if Brett Maher for the Rams – didn't have as a bad of a day as he had. Maybe the outcome of this game is different. But to me, it was very early on. I mean, Maher was one of three, missed an extra point. But Maher misses the 53-yarder. We have a field goal kicker and Chris Boswell, who's having a nice redemption season, made his 53-yarder. I thought that was key in the game, too, from a special team standpoint, where when Boswell's on the field, I'm confident that you're at least getting three inside of 50 pretty much every time. He's been pretty automatic and he's having again a good redemption season compared to last year when he was battling injuries yeah Bozzy Bozzy back at it you know Bozzy back at it what I mean by back at it is Bozzy back on that back on that uh y'all ready to go home because I'm about to hit these through the upright (laughs) kind of kicking you know so once Bozzy get on get on that road it's like like you say man that's just automatic automatic trait right there for the Pittsburgh Steelers, which on the other hand, on the other side for the LA Rams going one for three, uh, that's six points taken off. So, yep. So that's a totally different ball game. So at the same time, you know, it's all three phases, uh, special teams, offense and defense. I think people don't understand how important 
you know, special teams is till you start missing them field goals or them extra points or start fumbling on point or kickoff returns, then it's like, yeah, it's very important. So that's why there's a lot of emphasis on special teams. And there's a reason why before you have that team, you say special, because it's just that one play that could be special throughout the whole course of the game. So Pittsburgh won on that side. And that was one of the reasons why Pittsburgh won because Bozzi, you know, was hot and the LA Rams kicker wasn't. Yeah. I, I want to say this too about the defense too. Uh, I know the secondary play has been the subject of a lot of criticism. To me, though, it was like, we're not going to let Cooper Cup beat us. We've seen him do that time and time again against other teams in this league. They hold Cooper Cup to only two catches. I know you see Puka Nakua go off for 154 yards, but that was not surprising to me considering the Rams had several injuries to their running backs, including starter Kyron Williams. So, like, to me, like, yeah, the stat sheet doesn't look great, but – okay, what are you taking away? That was what the Rams counter was. But then in the second half, again, you make adjustments too. And it's not just, okay, the results, but the result was only eight points allowed in the second half. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing I know about Coach T and that defensive style. Uh, For the most part, they're going to adjust in the second half. You know, Um, they were just waiting for the offense to catch up with them and the offense caught up with them. you you get and you know from 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 a standpoint, you know the LA Rams had a few uh, penalties too on the offensive side, you know because they know TJ and Hasmick coming around that corner too as well, so that helped out too. Um, a few holding penalties too as well, so that helped out too. So, you know, just just staying within arm's reach, Mark for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's all really, regardless of whether it's ugly or pretty. That's all the Pittsburgh Steelers at this point. They just want to stay in reach to have a chance, you know, to 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 give themselves a chance to win the game. And for me yesterday, it was just the attitude of Najee um, and the spark of Jalen Warren. That that said everything. Once I saw Najee talking smack um, and sticking his foot in the ground and going north and south, I said, man, we're going to have a chance. And Najee, continue, if he continues to do that, it's going to be good throughout the course of the season because we already know what Jalen Warren is bringing to the table. He's just one of them Porsches. You know, them Porsches got a high, you know, high horsepower, but can hit it ASAP. You know, Najee, one of them um, closing guys, run with an attitude, going to get three or four yards. Even if he getting two, he talking to you like he didn't got eight because he, he like, the next time I get this ball again, it's going to be eight. So, that's what I love about Najee, but what does that do Najee. to you as a defender mentally, Ike? Man, see a dude 6'3", 242, who usually don't talk, because Najee usually don't talk. But when I saw him talking yesterday, I was like, please give me all that every I need that every game. I need that every if you just talk to yourself, I don't care. I still need that every game. So when once I saw that Najee, I'm like, Oh, they didn't walk. They didn't walk the monster. They didn't walk the monster up. So that was perfect for me as a defender. It's like, damn man, I ain't want this two hundred and fifty pound dude to wake up, man. Because if the game wind up being close, they're gonna wind up giving him the ball. If if it's a ten play drive, he's gonna get the ball eight plays, and sooner or later I gotta come down to hit him, and that don't feel good in the fourth quarter with three minutes left. Like God damn, like that's that's how you thinking as a defender. Yeah. You know, so 
especially you know as a, as a corner on the perimeter it's like man i gotta deal with this again but yeah it yeah. just it, it just messes with you psychologically in my days though mark you know they didn't brainwash the corners on my side playing for pittsburgh we couldn't wait till y'all try to run the ball on us but i don't care if you was 213 or 260 we was coming downhill anyway like like that's just what it was but nowadays you can tell you know Najee if not Najee if, if Najee can give if just that attitude oh no penalties you ain't got to talk to the opponent you just talk to yourself it might look like you're talking to them but if you're just talking to yourself that's just like for me I was more excited about seeing Najee amped up doing that than any part of the game fascinating and Ike when you played you almost had to do that for survival because we could go through the list of backs that you played against but the two that come to mind Jamal Lewis Corey Dillon I mean when I've asked you of hell what would you do against Derrick Henry or what would you do it's you just laugh because you rattle off all these guys that are all pro hall of fame caliber players man listen Warren Green uh I mean William Green Boston College Cleveland Browns mm-hmm. uh Corey Dillon. Uh, if you want to stay in Cincinnati, we're going to go Rudy Johnson, Auburn. Then you got Jamal Lewis. You know what he did at Tennessee? We call him hippopotamus legs. The man legs was big as hell. So then if you want to, if you want to get outside, you got to go with Eddie George sitting outside of Tennessee. You know, then you got, you had Foster down there sitting with the Houston Texans. Like if you want to talk about big back. So, that then you had before we got Deuce Staley with Deuce Staley sitting in, in Philly. So before <laughs> Curtis Martin too, he's a forgotten back Curtis too. Curtis Martin sitting Hall of Fame sitting sitting over there with the New York Jets like an Alequipa legend. Like, come on, man, you want to talk about big backs? That's all I knew with big backs. Uh, Kevin Falk, even though he won't, even though he wasn't big, he was. Kevin Falk was Alvin Kamara before Alvin Kamara. Then after Kevin, you got LaDainian Thomason. So you already know a Hall of Fame, like, y'all want to talk about backs? <laughs> Man, we've been saying these big backs for a long time. So these big backs, they looking at now, it's like, that's even perfect because you can't shake me. So we got to meet in the middle of the road. And all I know is I like myself over you. That's just what it was. And we ain't even talk about training camp with Jerome Bittis, with Coach Coach Kyle, all he wanted to do was goal line 24-7. So I'm like, oh, Lord, have mercy. This, Making reservations for the ice bath after practice, Ike. Every day. Every day. <laughs> Every day. VIP status for that ice tub. Oh, man. Okay, so week eight, Ike. Uh, the Steelers are going to host the Jags. We'll have a full preview later in the show. The Jags open as a one and a half point favorite. So if you want to place a bet on any of the action, betonline.ag will take care of you. But Sunshine, Trevor Lawrence, and the Jags, this is going to be a tough test for Pittsburgh. And Ike, I'm excited to talk about this full matchup on our next episode of Believe in Steelers. Yeah, we definitely we definitely got to get that through, get into that throughout the end of the week before the game but you know when I play when we when you talk about the Jaguars and the Steelers we just call the Jaguars the Steelers of the South you know mm-hmm. so that's definitely going to be a good game and with, in the way the Jaguars looking now you know what they did to the Saints on Thursday they they got something going they got something going I think Sunshine lied to everybody talking about he was hurt and wound up rushing for the most yards of his career so we'll see we'll see we'll see what happens when it comes down to Pittsburgh 
in the Jacksonville Jaguars, but we'll talk about it later throughout the week. Yeah, I mean, and I know ETN's been really good for them, too. And, I mean, we were just mentioning all the great backs you played against, like, too. Fred Taylor, Maurice Jones-Drew, too. So Greg Jones. Yeah. Man, 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 listen here, man. Listen. People have no idea. Like, sometimes I'll be looking like, I don't even know how I played against these big dudes, man. This, this is this is crazy. Corey, Corey Dillon, by far. Had to be the biggest back. Six four, they say two fifty. That was two fifty coming to training camp. We ain't talking about November, December. It had to be two sixty, two sixty five. Man, ain't nobody worry about. I remember Corey Dillon telling me why he was running. Come here, boy. Like he got past the linebackers, and his eyes got big when he saw me. And I know my eyes got big. And all I was thinking was, I hope there's a lot of help around because one on one, I'm gonna lose this one. All day. We ain't even talking about Willis McGahee, Clinton Porters. We can just go down the line. Yeah, it's it's crazy, Ike. What? We can just go down the line with these running backs I was going against, man. Certified. Certified yeah. running back. Definitely. Ike, you're the absolute best. I want to thank you, the Believe Network, today's presenting sponsor, betonline.ag. The listeners and the viewers on YouTube, smash the subscribe <laughs> button. Apple and Spotify, five stars and five stars only. Appreciate everybody tuning in, man. Make sure y'all uh, subscribe to YouTube. Give us a five-star on Apple Podcasts. Mark, I want to thank you. Believe in Podcasts. I want to thank you as well. I want to thank, thank the viewers and listeners for tuning in. I always got to drop a hot one to betonline.ag for rocking with us since that day one. And I'll let my dog Mark close this out. He's Ike Taylor, two-time Super Bowl champion. I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks for watching Believe in Steelers. We'll see you later this week. Until then, take care. It's so long, everybody. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.